Welcome to Wisco Legacy. I'm your host, Corey Kundert. On Wisco Legacy, we talk to inspiring Wisconsinites to hear all about their life's journey. Today, we have Shane Sparks. Shane is a commentator for the Big Ten Network for wrestling. He also does some sideline reporting for ESPN+. And he's a Wisconsinite from Ripon, Wisconsin. And uh, in this episode, we talk about the journey that led him all the way to the Big Ten Network. He had some twists and turns along the way. He has a, a fascinating career arc. So really hope you enjoy this. I know I've stacked up a few wrestling episodes here. Uh, wrestling is a huge passion of mine and really excited to share the story of Shane. And it's the state tournament uh, here in Wisconsin this, this week. So really excited to talk wrestling here with Shane. So I hope you enjoy this episode. It's episode 21 of Wisco Legacy. It's titled The Road to the Big Ten Network with Shane Sparks. I'm Shane Sparks, wrestling commentator for the Big Ten Network in football on ESPN Plus, and this is my Wisco Legacy. Shane, welcome to Wisco Legacy. Hey, glad to be here, Corey. How are you? I'm great. Thank you for asking. Absolutely. Uh, Shane, you grew up in Ripon, Wisconsin. Can you talk about growing up there and kind of your childhood over in Oh, Ripon? it was a great place to grow up. Uh, that is where I will always call home. I had so many amazing people uh, that were around me. Just a small town of about 7,000 people, but met a lot of great people there. Phenomenal teachers, some great youth coaches that, that really helped shape me, both in baseball and in wrestling. So many great friends and a place I'm extremely, extremely proud to say that I grew up and it was fantastic. I wouldn't change a thing. Yeah, I, I know you're a big baseball guy. That passion start at the early age when you're in Ripon. Yeah, I, uh, you know, my mom watched baseball. So I, I love baseball. To me, you know, I, I love all sports. But for me personally, I've always said wrestling is the best sport. Baseball is the greatest game. And during those times, you know, I grew up in the, in the 1980s. You had WGN, Chicago Cubs baseball, Harry Carey and Steve Stone in the afternoons and watched a lot of Cubs, uh, TBS, Braves. Braves are my favorite team. That's my one diehard team that I'm a fan of. So got to the World Series this year. It was great to see them, some, them get it done. It was fantastic. But uh, I love baseball. It's such a great game, a lot of strategy. And I always, you know, dreamed as a young kid going to, going to then County Stadium that uh, always wanted to be a baseball player. And then, you know, then I, I got involved in some broadcasting, doing little broadcasting stuff when I was a young kid. And then I knew at that time, I was about 10 years old, that uh, I wanted to be a broadcaster. And I never had a plan B. I never had a plan B. I had one plan. And uh, by God's grace, been not fortunate enough to get to do that. Yeah, you've had an incredible journey to get there. We'll dive into that journey here in a bit. But uh, you mentioned you were a wrestler growing up, and I believe you made the, the state finals your senior year in high school. Can you talk about your, your high school wrestling career? Yeah, so I, I started out in Ripon, and I wrestled in Ripon for a couple of years. Then I actually transferred to Winnebago Lutheran Academy when I was a junior. They did not have a wrestling team. Faith's important to me. It was a great decision. Met some great people there as well. Uh, but uh, it, it was interesting I, uh, I was a, a decent middle school wrestler. I just, I didn't do anything off season. It was, you know, a handful of matches during the regular season, a dual meet middle school schedule at Ripon and then a tournament or two, but not a lot of wrestling. Uh, but, uh, you know, I was, I was a decent middle school wrestler. And then I went to high school and I only weighed 80 pounds and I wrestled at, uh, at one Oh three and I had to drink, you know, seven, eight pounds of water to make the minimum weight. I would never do that again, but it, it is what it is. It just wasn't healthy. And I mean, you're going out there just getting hammered. I mean, you're going out there just getting, I mean, you're, you're giving up 25, 30 pounds. I, I don't care how good you are. That's a, a tough, uh, it's tough to do. But, uh, you know, then uh, when I was a, a junior, I weighed, you know, a hundred pounds. That was really nice. Senior year, uh, I went, it was the private school division. I was ranked number one all year and, and ultimately lost in the state finals which uh, it is what it is. That match, that match meant way too much to me. Now that I'm, I'm 46 years old, now my perspective is just, uh, has done a 180. But, but looking back on that, it was just a wrestling match. It was really important then. Uh, but man, I put way too much emphasis on that. I mean, that was one of those things where, you know, talking to people I respect in the sport now, coaches, I did everything wrong. I mean, it was, this is my biggest moment of my life. I've trained my whole life. It's like, that was completely the wrong approach. I mean, I remember my warm-up was way too long. I was mentally and physically exhausted before the wrestling match started. But it was a phenomenal, phenomenal opportunity. 
I was on Flow Radio Live this morning going on this rant. The biggest miss in high school athletics nationally right now is that California's got one division. They have one division. 28 kids get to wrestle for a state title. I love wrestling. It's a big part of my life. Being able to wrestle for that championship was a game changer for me. It was such a cool experience. It's high school athletics. You want to grow the sport? Give kids a good experience. I had a great experience in wrestling. You could say, well, man, if you have four or five divisions, the talent's watered down. Who cares? When you go to the Wisconsin State Tournament in a couple of weeks, that March of Champions, every single one of those kids will remember that for their entire life. You have multiple divisions in Wisconsin. Some of these small towns, I'll use Coleman as an example. Kevin Casper does a phenomenal job. If you want to rob the bank in Coleman, go Saturday night to the state finals because the communities down there, the media, the papers, the radio stations, whatever it might be, that's how you market the sport. Who cares if some kids win state titles that quote unquote world beaters or division one wrestling? Because division one wrestling, one less than 1% wrestling division one. So make it about the experience being a high school athlete. But I had a phenomenal experience. And uh, that's my rant, Corey. Sorry about that. You put the quarter in me on that all one. And I, I went a little off track. No, all good. I, I agree with that. Uh, the I never made it to state uh, as a wrestler. Uh, I've gone to the state tournament for the last 20 years. And the March of Champions. I'm getting goosebumps right now just it's thinking about it. It's it the is. best. And if Wisconsin, Corey, would have had one or two divisions, I wouldn't have made the state finals. Mm-hmm. I just wasn't good enough, which is fine. But you got to give kids experiences. And like I said, find reasons to celebrate kids. There's not, I mean, like I said, find it's, it's a big deal. It's a big deal to anybody that makes that tournament. And I could care less that Wisconsin's got three. I don't care if they'd have four divisions. California having one one division in high school athletics. Mind you, Corey, I think in football, they have 15 state champions. Mm-hmm. In wrestling, they have one, which mm-hmm. it's California. You don't have yeah. to say anything else, right? Yeah, yeah. And you what find a lot of you find a lot of talent in California too that are getting, you know, eighth place at the state tournament who end up eventually becoming, you know, all Americans on yeah. the college scene. So, yep. but think about the miss. I mean, think about all the, all the other people that could get involved. I mean, I think a lot of it with California, not to get too sidetracked, but it's almost, it's almost impossible. I mean, making the California state finals, I, I think a lot of people, it's, it's such a goal that's quite frankly, just very, it's, I don't want to go as far as say unattainable, but it, it might be pretty close. And when there's something that's that difficult, like, then that rubs people the wrong way too. So mm-hmm. I love the Wisconsin State Tournament. It's one of my favorite weekends of the year. It's fantastic. They do a great job running that tournament. It's fantastic. I agree. Uh, so we're going to transition back to to your journey. Uh, so you ended up uh, losing the state finals. It sounded like you had a challenging. You decided to cut weight your senior year to yeah. get down to the one hundred three. I never do it again. I mean, yeah. I and I told this story, you know, several times. It's just not worth it. It's not worth it, Corey. And to me, the hardest thing that I will never forgive myself for is it was the easy path, like, or what I thought was the easiest path. Like, I'm going to cut weight. It's going to be, his name was Rudy Ruiz. He went on the Stanford. Very good. You know, him and I stay in touch. It's great. But uh, it was, you know, I can't go up to 112 because that weight class was stacked. And there are five or six really good guys there who, at, at that time, I beat all of them. But um, uh, you got to, it's, it's just, I didn't have a, a good experience. High school wasn't as fun because I'm cutting weight and cranky. And hey, it's it's a wrestling match. You do the best you can. You do the best you can. You be grateful for the opportunity. And that's what that's the best advice I could give somebody. Don't cut weight. Don't do mm-hmm. it. It's it's just it's stupid, really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just dumb. <laughs> stupid thing to do. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm with you there, Shane. Uh, so. You said you you had always dreamed of being a broadcaster. That was your your end goal. Uh, after high school, what was your path like? Yeah, this is where it gets really interesting. So, my path was that I wanted to I wanted to walk on at Arizona State and wrestle. Knowing what I know now, you had to be really good to to walk on at Arizona State. But anyways, that was my goal, and I might have been able to grind it out. Who knows? But I, I wanted to go to the Walter Cronkite School of Broadcasting and. I moved out to Arizona to get in-state residency, and that's what the plan was. And then 
again, and this stuff just bothers me. I, I came home. I was there like eight months and I came home probably a little homesick. It got a little bit tough. And I came home, uh, like I said, probably eight months later, I think it was. And uh, it wasn't that much longer after that. Uh, you know, another four or five months after that, got my girlfriend pregnant. Oldest son, he'll be 26 in May. He's fantastic. I, I wouldn't trade him for the, for anything. But that was, you just can't, you didn't, it's, it wasn't a good decision. Like it just, that's not, it's not what you want to do. So that really altered things because now we're, I was, I was driving a forklift. I was driving a forklift for a while. Disaster. Hated every, I didn't hate every minute of that. I hated every second of that job. Mm -hmm. uh, then I worked at a powder metal factory. Not fun. Uh, and then I ended up getting an assistant managing pos manager position at a Walgreens. I was 20 years old. And that was a really good job. I met a lady named Linda Sundergaard. She unfortunately passed away from cancer probably 20 years ago. She was very young. But she was a grunt. She worked me hard. I mean, she was, I, I really appreciated her. But, you know, then I sold beer for a while. And then I, then I sold cars. And I did very well selling cars. But it wasn't a passion. And uh, one day I basically said, you know, you had a really good day today. You know, made, you know financially had a really good day. But you hate this. Let's. Let's go to radio school. I was 20, 25. So went out to Arizona, went to radio school and just got some breaks, got some, mm -hmm. met some great people, got some breaks, got some real big breaks, like big breaks. I mean, there is no, you've got to create, like, I hate the word luck. I don't like luck. You got You got to create, it's like a wrestling match. I mean, you got to create action, create wrestling, create scoring. And I'm, I'm proud to say that I think I created things, but I met a lot of people and uh, I just go back to, I, I'm, I'm always, I'm, I'm someday when I'm talking to God, I'm, I'm really curious to ask him like, you know, I let you down a lot, God. I didn't do everything I was supposed to do. Fell short many times. Why were you so awesome to me? I can't, I can't wait. Hopefully a good scotch cigar in a hand. It'll be a fun, fun talk with Jesus. <laughs> yeah. I can't, I can't imagine crazy. seeing you sitting on a forklift with all the Oh my gosh. <laughs> I mean, I remember like, cause I take, you know, you want to take some pride in what you do. I'm mm -hmm. tipping over big skids of target flyer. I mean, it was, it was horrible. Like it was, I was such a bad, that was not my skill set, Not at all. <laughs> Nice. So what was the turning point then for you? It was probably, uh, I was at uh, Colosso Jeep, you know, making that decision to go to radio school. That was the turning point for sure. And uh, then I went out to Arizona, uh, met some awesome people. I, I got a couple of jobs I had no business getting. And networking is everything. I mean, networking is big. I just was able to network and navigate is probably the best way to describe it. And, uh, you know, then I got a job. My first job was in Milwaukee. I was making six bucks an hour, lived in Oshkosh, uh, donating plasma, did that a couple times a week. I was making six bucks an hour. I mean, I, I was driving in 1988 Plymouth Grand Fury, no air conditioning, uh, sleeping in cars. I mean, I remember, you know, sleeping in the car, which I always enjoyed that, to be honest with you. I, I'm very, like, I, I'm very thankful that I got to experience that. I, I got to do it. I mean, I know... I know what it's like. I mean, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't just wind up here. I mean, I, I, I'm proud to say I've paid my dues. I mean, I've mm -hmm. done it all. And I, to this day, I tell people, uh, I just got a call from ESPN today, kind of ironic we're having this conversation. I'm going to be doing some stuff at the national tournament nice. and that's uh, going to be a great opportunity, but I told them, and I mean this, and I, I stand by it. You need somebody to clean the bathrooms or clean the truck. I mean, I'm your guy. I don't, I'm not, I am not above anybody or anything. And that is, I think so many times these people, these, I mean, and I'm not, I'm, I hate to pick on, well, nothing comes easy. Like you've my, my, I'm not a big slogan guy. Like at the state tournament, you'll see all these guys wearing t-shirts with these slogans on them. Just because you wear a good t-shirt with a slogan on it doesn't do anything for you. My favorite slogan in wrestling is Wisconsin Rapids slogan. And the slogan at Wisconsin Rapids, and I believe it's been like this for a long time, and it's the same every year, there is no easy way. That's it. Like, mm -hmm. there is no easy way. 
So, uh, yeah, uh, but I, but I got a, then I got a job in Appleton, had my own sports talk show. That's where I kind of dove into the wrestling stuff and, uh, you know, did that for, for five years. And I started Badger State Wrestling. And I would say Badger State Wrestling was where, where I kind of got, you know, got put on the map a little bit. Some opportunities st- started to open up because that website was, that, that to this day is probably the proudest thing uh, because that, that website was a Wisconsin, you never would hear me say it was mine because I never believed that. It was always like, this is a website of Wisconsin wrestling fans, the coaches over the years, the sponsors, the athletes, the parents. That was a really, really, really cool deal. That was cool. Yeah, I Badger State Wrestling released when I was in high school. So okay. I remember thorough like going out there, checking all this stuff out, and what is this thing? And it, it was it was awesome. It was. Uh, what, that was a really cool deal. Yeah. What made you decide to to start the website? And kind of talk through what you were doing with Badger State Wrestling back in the day. Yeah, so I, I, I had been at this radio station and I I was doing PA for the Badgers. I was doing like the you know, PA for the Cheesehead, Scott Cleaver was a friend of mine and, and the people at Kakana, Jeff Machek, the head coach. And I just was thinking to myself, working at that radio station, I'd also saw like youth sports. And like from a business standpoint, like, man, there, there's a market here. And wrestling's a very loyal fan base. And I just, thank God I was just so naive. Like that was so difficult like that was so difficult to get launched like almost impossible but somehow I just I, I knew a few people guy named Andy Galoon was a video guy that my dad had a video business and Andy was my dad's business partner Andy Galoon did a ton for me uh, a guy named uh, Patrick cool did some some uh, website work for me he was fantastic guy named Nick Jensen who I never met. Did all this work for me up in Michigan. I had some some phenomenal videographers. It was incredible. The fact that that website made it, knowing what I know now, that was a the chances of that succeeding were less than one percent. Mm-hmm. But again, the people, the coaches got behind me. The coaches' association helped. WWF. It was it was ahead of its time. I mean, that website was ahead of its time, and I'm I'm proud to say it. There has never been another wrestling website with that kind of video quality ever. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. the, the video quality was, it wasn't like some, you know, somebody just moving a camera around where the, the, the you know, the wrestling is this big and a monitor like this. The video work in that website was spectacular. And uh, that was, that was something. That was a lot of, that was, that was a great thing. I miss it. I, I actually miss that from time to time, but that the amount of work, like, and I'm not complaining, but I don't even know. God, I don't know if I was working 100 hours a week. It was close. Mm-hmm. I mean, hallucinating because you didn't get any sleep. And you know what was going on? Like that was a um, that was a monumental effort from a different from a number of different ways. But just kind of like a wrestling match, sometimes you just got to get tough and dig in, and, and you got to you got to figure it out. But. Uh, I'm glad those days are behind me, at least for now. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, what kind of lessons did you learn through that that you kind of carried through? I think the biggest lesson I learned is how you need support. You, you know, you, you nobody's that. Everybody's so important. And I carried this over to my my Big Ten broadcasting. Or if I'm doing, you know, I got to do ESPN Plus college football in the Big 12 and did an SEC game this year. Everybody's really important. And everybody's role is really important. And you got to be a team. And you put your ego aside, you're no better than anybody else is. I mean, that's that's kind of my, that's just kind of how I operate. I, um, You treat people the right way and you can do big things. Uh, big 10 Network, I, I did not, I do not have a day of TV training in my entire life. I don't know what I'm doing. It's smoke and mirrors if I'm being real honest. I mean, I'm just mm-hmm. trying to get better every week, but I do not have a college degree and I'm on network television. That's probably pretty rare. Mm-hmm. So... My guess is that people must like working with me, which is something I pride myself in. And the reason being is because I'm not above anybody and I'm not above anything like we're all in this together. Be kind, respect people. And if you work hard and you do those things, you'd be surprised what you can do. But 
you could be the most talented guy in the world. And if, if, you're, a, if you're a jerk, because you another thing too is everybody's replaceable. I'm not arrogant enough to think like, nobody else could do this. Nah, that's just not true. There's, there's a lot of people that could do this. And, um, you know, the timing or for whatever reason, it just hasn't happened for them. And I remind myself of that every day. So that's probably another big thing. I am fully aware this can be gone tomorrow and the show will go on. I'd like to think if if I'm not on Big Ten Network, people will, you know, from time to time reminisce and be like, I remember Shady, got, he, he loved it. And, and that's great. But the reality is if I leave Big Ten Wrestling, people are still going to watch it. The wrestling's phenomenal. That's going to remain the same. And uh, people love wrestling. So that's another really big thing. Don't ever, don't ever, don't ever get too big. Don't ever get too high because, and I've been humbled before in, in different aspects of my life. So I think I've kind of learned that. Stay humble, work hard, treat people right. Things can work out. Mm-hmm. And as you alluded to, the wrestling community is really tight knit. Uh, it's unlike any other sport to me. Like we, we have people, it doesn't matter what team is wrestling. You have a ton of people tuning in to, to watch the, the meets and stuff. I don't tend to see that in like other sports that are, are live, except for like, you know, SAC football, big 10 football, sure. that kind of thing. But sure. some of the other sports, you know, wrestling, just such a tight knit community. They are. It's and it's it's a very loyal community. They support their own, and uh, it's it's a. I mean, I remember when I left the radio station because I did a sports talk show, and that was a that was a cool opportunity. You know, that was another one of those jobs where you know you, you can't go get those all over the place. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember when I left there, the station manager who I who's great. He, he's like, "You're you're leaving this to do what?" Like. He, like, what are you, you're running a wrestling website? And I basically said, like, I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. It's going to work. And if anything, it did better than I thought it would. I mean, it even went past my expectations. And I had pretty big expectations going in. But uh, a lot of people helped. A lot of people helped. Yeah, those relationships are crucial. Yeah, they are. I, yeah. I, I was on a podcast uh a while back and the guy made a, a comment and it stuck in my head. Uh, you know, re- relationships are the currency of the world. Like Ryan Warner. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. it. Yeah. Ryan said that. And uh, it really stood out to me because it's so important how you, you know, somebody made a comment once, you know, it's, it's like people remember how you make them feel. And like one of my guys that I just love is Jordan Burroughs. Mm-hmm. And jo- every time I talk to Jordan Burroughs, Kyle Snyder's another one. Like when Jordan Burroughs and Kyle Snyder are nice to you, like everybody else better fall in line, right? Yeah. Like if those guys are really good human beings and and treat people nice and they're kind and everything else, yeah, everybody else probably should do the same. It, it reminds me of Cal Ripken and Tony Gwynn in Major League Baseball in the eighties. Like mm-hmm. two big superstars, normal, good human beings that weren't overly impressed with themselves. And I think that's a really cool trait to have. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, for our listeners, uh, if you haven't checked out the episode of wrestling changed my life with Shane Sparks, you guys need to check it out. He, it he dives into detail and some of this stuff. Oh yeah. Ryan, Ryan has an awesome podcast. He does. There. He does a good job as do you, as you do, as do you, Corey. I mean, I love, I love what you do having this Wisconsin podcast. It's great. You know, just another example of, a guy that's passionate about the sport like yourself, you're sharing great stories. There's a lot of great people in this state. Wisconsin's a Wisconsin's a really good place. Fantastic leadership. Talking about the state tournament. Uh, Dave Black is a guy that did a ton for me with Badger State Wrestling. Huge, huge guy for me. You know, there's there's a lot of those guys. Wisconsin's a good, good place. Great place. Yeah, absolutely. We're all passionate about living and being from Wisconsin too. Yeah. That's- oh yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um, So let's talk about the journey to the Big Ten Network. Uh, How did you go from Badger State Wrestling to eventually into the Big Ten Network? So I was doing the sports talk show, and I I got into in PA for the Badgers. I remember that uh, Corey Wallman and Bart Shelsvig were assistant coaches at the time, started doing PA for the Badgers. And gosh, I'm trying to think how that I, so what happened one year, it must have been, I want to say it was 2010. The Big Tens were at Northwestern. And I was doing a broadcast for UWBadgers.com in Welsh Ryan Arena. 
And I remember drove down on the bus with the team, really cool experience. Barry Davis and Donnie Pritzlaff and Jared Freyer. Andrew Howe was you know, on that team. Brandvold was on the team. Really good. They had a really good team. But I remember watching the broadcasters, and it was Tim Johnson, Jim Gibbons, and Lee Kemp. And I, I just remember, I can vividly remember just watching them and, and thinking, you know, gosh, this is this is the goal. Like this is where this is the major leagues. You know, this is cool that I'm doing the UWBadgers.com, but I want to get there. That's what I want to do. And um, that was, it must have been a couple weeks later at the national tournament, I was doing these little earpieces. It, it was this thing, it was called Live Sports Radio. Another huge break, huge break. And I'm doing the broadcast and I got to do the finals and it was just a humongous opportunity, huge opportunity. And I went back to my hotel, stayed with Barry Davis, by the way. Barry Davis is one of the best human beings you'll ever meet in your life. Barry let me stay with him. Yeah, Badgers took fourth that year. Hmm. It was in Philadelphia. Think, yeah. Maybe it was 2011. I'm, I'm close. I'm close. Yeah. And uh, I, I went back to my hotel and Jim Gibbons was at, in the lobby. Long story short, I go introduce myself to Jim Gibbons. And while I'm talking to him, Quentin Wright walks by, who just won his first national title for Penn State. And I'm talking to Quentin Wright. And Jim is talking to some other people. And I can hear them telling Jim, we heard this guy. You need to find him, Jim. Blah, 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 blah. And Jim Gibbons looks at me. And I had not known him for but 10 minutes. And he goes, Shane, come over here. And he goes, Shane did this. Start talking. And I'm like, what do you want me to say? They're like, this is him. This is him. Next thing you know, Jim Gibbons, myself, and Randy Lewis, 84 Olympic gold medalist and, and Hawkeye great, are in a cab going out. I think the place was called Pinky's Diner. And I got to find out because I got to get back there. In Philadelphia, we were there for two, three hours. I picked up the tab. I was smart enough to recognize that. But uh, the timing just so worked out where like the Big Ten had a like a possibility for a, a Matt Side reporter. And the rest is history. I got in and I, I do remember like after like four or five years, they were going to let me go because they weren't using a Matt Side reporter. And I basically begged, like begged. And they kept me on. And then I started getting some play-by-play -play opportunities, which is ultimately where I, where I wanted to get. And now we're doing, you know, do a bunch of play-by-play. -play. We got Big Ten Wrestling and Beyond on Mondays do a bunch of social media, and it's been just, you know, it's, I was actually thinking about this this week. I had a conversation this week, um, and I got it from the Brands Brothers documentary. I don't know if you saw that. Mm -hmm. It was yep. pretty good. Yep. And Tom Brands said, talking about his Olympic gold medal, like he goes, I don't want to, you know, discount an Olympic gold medal, but that's what I set out to do. Like, that's what I set out to do, Okay. And it, it really made me think uh, because I've, I've had some really cool opportunities. I was in Rio doing stuff for NBC Digital in 2016. I've gotten to do a lot of cool wrestling matches. And I've, sometimes I think to myself, like, I understand all the support I've gotten. No question. I also, if somebody would say to me, are you surprised this has happened? There's a big part of me that would say, yeah, it's crazy. It's been a crazy journey. But then there's also a part, if I'm being real honest, in, in, my, in my gut that it's like, you know, this was the goal. You know, I, I was showing you before, Corey, if my house started on fire, God forbid it ever would. But this is, this is maybe my most prized possession, okay? It's the summer of 1988. I was 12 years old. And that's that's... You know, I wanted to be a broadcaster since I was probably 10 years old. And this was this was the goal. Like, this is, why do you work hard? Why do you do this stuff? Like, this is what I wanted to do. And, you know, you work hard and you get people to believe in you. And here we are. So you got to, you got to, you got to be a little delusional. Like, I think you got to have, Jim Gibbons talked about this with me this last week. And he's like, Shane, you're the an example of this. 
delusional confidence. Like you got to be a little delusional to think, well, you know, I can do that. And my parents always supported me. And that's something that should not go, uh, that should not be forgotten. I remember, and I've told this story many times. It was a, a Brewer Tiger game in July of 1987. I was 11. And I remember it was a Wednesday afternoon game, one o'clock start. I remember the Brewers beat the, I think they won 14 to two. They drilled the Tigers. But I remember uh, before that game, I was I was wa- looking at County Stadium. And my mom's like, you know, what are you doing? I'm a pretty emotional guy. I still am. And I remember I, I kind of got choked up a little bit. I get almost like choked up telling the story because just it was it was one of you talked about a turning point before. This might have been it. Okay. And I, I remember looking at my mom and I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this someday. And I remember her just very matter-of-factly saying, Yeah, that's what you're gonna do. Like, that was it. Not that was the end of it. It was never like, oh, I don't know. Like, you know, there's a lot of people that want to do this. I always had a very strong support system. And that enabled me a very strong self-belief. Like plenty of doubts. Don't get me wrong. Still Mm -hmm. plenty of doubts. I mean, you always have doubts, but I've always believed if I got the opportunity, I could do it. I mean, I I kind of alluded to it before. I mean, God gives us all talents. You know, God gives every single person, every single person. You can be downtown Chicago or whatever and see a homeless person. I promise you they can do things that are really spectacular. Like, but maybe they don't get the opportunities. Uh, but I'm just, you know, the way that I kind of look at it is this was the talent God gave me and, you know, everything's to his glory and I'm trying to do the best I can with it. So, but mm-hmm. that moment with my mom was pretty cool. She always, my parents were, they were delusional too. <laughs> so being delusional is a really good thing. Delusional confidence. You gotta, you gotta be a little delusional because common sense. And if you break it down analytically, you'd never do it, right? It'd be like, yeah, this is a... One in a thousand shot, probably not a place you want to really heavily invest, but I would, it, it, sometimes you got to be delusional. Yeah. I like that delusional confidence. So yeah. I have to use yep. that. Um, yep. Yeah. That is an incredibly special moment to kind of reflect back on. And you think about, you know, you kind of alluded to it there, the, the fact that not all parents have that mentality for their kids. You know, some people try and protect them a bit, um, and all that too. And so it's really cool that you, you had that, that moment. Yeah, had, there. had Great parents. I mean, it's it, great parents. They, they bailed me out a couple times, probably when they shouldn't have, you know, just different things, you know, stupid kid growing up. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I don't know if I bail my, I mean, it wasn't like anything horrible, but I mean, I, when I went to radio school, I had bought in the house, mm-hmm. they decided they took over and they weren't wealthy but they took over payments and, and they rented the house out and it, it worked out for them, I guess. But, but a lot of parents would, I don't know if I would do that. I mean, if I'm being real honest. So uh, yeah, they, they, they were a big help. And, and uh, when somebody believes in you, you know, and I, and I, you know, Mark Halsey, the big 10 network, he's believed in me. And there's a guy at ESPN that really believes in me. And when somebody believes in you, and I'm 46 years old. I mean, even to this age, I mean, when you want people to believe in you and you want to come through for them. And uh, when you're a, when you're a young kid, whether it's a teacher, a coach, you know, mentor of some kind, man, you give somebody some belief. They can do some really amazing things. Absolutely. Sure. I'm sure, you know, when you were in that stage of deciding to go back to school and then, you know, working that $6 an hour, job you're you're sitting there reflecting back and uh about the you know the, those moments there and then I wouldn't trade um, them mm-hmm. they, they were so necessary I mean yeah I mean I didn't necessarily like donating plasma but mm-hmm. it was part of the process I mean it was part of the process and uh I mean I remember the first time I got to cover a brewer game I'm driving this 88 Plymouth Grand Fury to Miller Park 2000 April of 2002 I got my shirt and tie on and I remember it was probably pretty, I remember it being hot. And uh, I remember looking in the mirror going, you're making six bucks an hour. You're donating plasma to pay for the gas. You're really making no money and you love every single second of this. And that was another, if I ever, if I ever were to 
I, I don't have any plans on doing this, but if I were to ever write a book or something like that, it would probably be titled The Rear View Mirror for mm-hmm. sure. Because mm-hmm. I always remember that too. That was another cool moment. Did you, in when you were, you know, sitting there driving that car to those those games or whatever, did you think that you'd be hosting a, a TV show on the Big Ten Network and commentating on some of the yeah. biggest dual meets in, in Big Ten wrestling history? I can't say that at that time I was thinking about that because I don't think the Big Ten Network was around yet. Yeah, so true. they weren't around yet. Um, yeah, I, I just, I, I guess I don't, I don't really know. I think I was kind of a process guy, like just kind of get the next step. Um, you know, win that day, you know, win that day. I think that's important too. Don't get too, I mean, you want to, you want to look ahead a little bit, but at the same time, you got to be focused on, on the day. Um, yeah, it's, it's been a lot of, it's been a really good ride. I, man, it's, it's very humbling. I mean, and I still, to this day, I mean, one of my favorite drives is from the hotel in, in Coralville, Iowa. One of my favorite drives is getting in my hotel, getting out of my hotel, getting in my car, cranking ACDC back in black and driving to Carver Hawkeye arena. It's one of my favorite things because when I was a little kid, like not little, I was in high school, the Rocky four soundtrack. I remember, like, I'll give you another. You talk about, like, great, like, just changing times. 1992 Big Ten Championships, Madison, Wisconsin. I think it was Terry Shockley did the PA for the Badgers. And I remember the face-offs of the 1992 Big Ten Championships. It was electric. They don't do face-offs anymore. Bring them back. I wish they did. But I remember, you know, at 118 pounds, it was like three-time All-American from Wisconsin. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Matt Hanutke. And then he wrestled my favorite guy, Chad Zappinal, for the Hawkeyes. Terry Brands, Tom Brands, Troy Steiner, Terry Steiner. Uh, Dan Flood wrestled Terry Brands, if I remember that year. Ryland, uh, Mark Ryland for Iowa. I remember Bart Chelswig and Kevin Randleman had an all-out, I mean, it was up for grabs in that place. But... Um, I don't even know where I was going with that story. Um, I, I, but I remember thinking like how cool that would be to do that someday. Um, but man, yeah, I don't even know where I was going with that, Corey. I got off track. But that was another real cool memory. The 1992 Big Ten Championships. My, I got my driver's license that week. Hmm. That week. And I should not have been able to go to that wrestling match. My dad didn't get mad a lot. I can think in my mind about two or three times when he was super ticked off. He was always fair, always fair. I took the car out. I was such a, I cannot, it's like, oh, you can't fix stupid. I was 16. I take my parents' car out and I get it all full of mud because I had it in places where it shouldn't have been. And I didn't have enough common sense to take it to the car wash. (laughs) My dad looks at the car outside. He's like, what in the hell? And I'm like, he's like, and I play stupid like, what? He was so ticked off. Luckily, and I, to this day, and he, he passed away almost four years ago. But another question, I don't know if I ever really asked him, and I wish I would have, is why did you still take me to that? If my kid did that, probably not going. But for whatever reason, he took me. And it, that was one of my favorite days ever in wrestling. But, uh, Luckily, I got to go, but that was a great day, and it uh, it was another one of those days that I'll always remember. But I know where I was going with this. So I get to back it. I'll put the back in black, and I'll get the Carver Hawkeye. And just like when I was 11 years old, I do this every time. I get out of my car, and I look at – I take 20 seconds, and I stare at the arena, whether it's doing the, doing the big tents at the Kohl Center in 2014 was cool. Like, I do this all the time. I take about 20 seconds soak it in and go back to being 11 years old, dreaming of getting to do this, saying a prayer, thanking God, thinking about people that have helped me. And uh, it's a great feeling. It's, it's one of my favorite parts of this job is the reflection because it's, mm-hmm. it's fun going back to 1986. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. You've had some pretty interesting interviews you've done on the Big Ten Network and you've had some really memorable moments uh in in the booth there can you talk about some of those memorable moments for you man i uh one interview i'll never forget was with tony ramos big tens 2014 
And I love Tony Ramos because he was always accessible. And I'm I'm still pretty good friends with Tony to this day. And I've always told him, like, a Tony Ramos autograph, it's not worth anything. Because everybody's got one. Like, everybody's got a Tony Ramos autograph because he was so great with the fans. He was fantastic. And from an interview standpoint, he was always real. He always was willing to do it. Tony Ramos was one of the first people that I really remember understanding how to market himself. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he, he was really good at that. And uh, he wins the Big Tens. He beats Tyler Graff of Wisconsin. And he comes back. And we're sitting on these, these wooden stools. And I had, you know, I had done interviews with him, a couple of them throughout the last couple of years. And I had talked to him. I talked to him a couple of times, but nothing, nothing big. So I wouldn't say like we had this big, you know, at that time, didn't have a friendship really. But when it comes to interviews, I've always thought you can get some pretty good rapport with somebody in a minute, like a one minute. You can, you can kind of get a, a, build some rapport. So Tony Ramos walks back there and he takes a deep breath. And he goes, oh, I'm finally on that board. And inside the Iowa wrestling room is a board with all the Big Ten champions on there. So he's going to be on the board as a Big Ten champ. And you could you could really see the relief. And they tell us, like, we got 30 seconds before we're going on. And I look at Tony Ramos. And I said, Tony, and I'll, I'll clean it up a little bit. Okay. I didn't use this exact language. You could f- figure out the blanks. I looked at him dead serious. And I go, Tony, timing is everything. Because if you and I were the same age, you wouldn't have won bleep. <laughs> and he, he, he like looked at me like, you could tell he was like, what? And we both started laughing. <laughs> and it was like, all right, you guys are out in 10 seconds. And it was <laughs> such a, I will always remember that one forever because it was just that it was just, you know, I, I don't take myself too serious either. Like, have some fun. I mean, I take my job very serious. I don't take myself too serious. You, you know, you make mistakes, you learn. Another interview, and I've told this story many times, but it, it I'll always remember it. Jason Nolf is wrestling Isaiah Martinez, Huff Hall in Champaign. Isaiah Martinez is a, God, is he a junior? I think he had won two national titles, I believe. Maybe he was a sophomore. Doesn't matter. I mean, he's undefeated. And he's wrestling this Jason Null from Penn State. So we do an interview with, I do an interview with Isaiah Martinez before the dual meet that's going to air during intermission after he beats Jason Null at 157, I believe they were at. Go into the interview, you know, that's what we did. And I also planned on interviewing Isaiah Martinez once he beats Jason Nolf after the match. And I got like three questions you know, three questions that I got a pretty good idea that are in my head. We're going to go in, you know, depending on how the match goes, we'll go this direction. And Jason Nolf pins Isaiah Martinez. Pins him. Mm-hmm. And I'm literally like, oh no. Like, I'm in a panic. I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm a little bit lost. Jason Nolf comes over. I will never forget this. And I'm very honest. Jason, I got to be honest. I am not prepared because I didn't think you were going to beat him. And he looks at me like so calm. And he goes, yeah, I mean, I, I know I was going to beat him. And I'm just like, what the hell? Like it was a, it was a very, it was an eye-opening moment for me. And we did the interview. I don't remember what I asked him. I should try to find that interview. I, I should try to dig that up somewhere because it's another interview I will never forget. And that was a day that I really learned, too, when it came to Big Ten Network Wrestling. The great ones aren't afraid. You know, I shouldn't say the great ones aren't afraid. The great ones don't want the easy out. Like, in the Big Ten, there's not – you want to win a national title or a Big Ten title, like, you are going to have to beat some really good guys. I mean, you are – it's not like high school where you're wrestling a few kids that are going out to get involved, which is great. It's not how the Big Ten works. This is, like, the top 1% of the top 1%. But they don't want the easy path. It's like, yeah, they, they want to compete. Like they, they really want to compete. And uh, that one I remember. Um, first one I ever did with Matt McDonough. Again, I told him Matt, it's my first time I've ever done this. Would love to do an interview. He was great. Matt's one of my favorite people to this day. 
And when I got done with the interview, the people, a couple people in the production side said, I don't know what you said to Matt McDonough, but he's never talked like that before. And I think it's just kind of a humility thing. I think people really respond to humility. Like just, just, just be normal. Like just be a normal person mm-hmm. and don't be afraid to say, hey, my first time doing this, maybe I'm a little scared, right? Like, hey, can you help me out here? Instead of like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm, this is who I am. And I, I don't do, it's just like, just get over yourself. I mean, that's what I would right. tell anybody. Just get over yourself. I mean, I'll give you a real quick story if I could. Yeah. So this is, this is recent. Big 10 wrestling and beyond. It's on Mondays on big 10 network. And I work with Rick Pizzo and Rick Pizzo is a grade a professional from a talent standpoint. Maybe the best guy I've ever worked with. Just a talented, talented human being. I love working with him because I feel like I elevate my game a little bit. But he is just an he's just super talented and he's a great guy. And he's been very nice to me. Like, he's been very nice to me. He's been supportive. So, like I said before, I don't really know what I'm doing on a lot of this stuff. Like, I don't do it enough to be, like, an expert. So, a few weeks ago... I'm getting hooked up with my IFB and my microphone. And it's like, oh, geez, like, you know, it's probably something they teach you the first day of school, right? (laughs) So I'm like kind of struggling. Like, it's just not, I I need some help. And Rick Pizzo, like, help me get this thing connected. And I I have a dress shirt on and a t-shirt. And he's trying to get behind between my t-shirt and my dress shirt. But he gets underneath my t-shirt. So he's like, I'm my bare back, okay? And we got a good laugh out of it. And the point of that story is, again, like I said before, with Burroughs and Snyder, if they're nice people, like you got to kind of fall in line. The like the, the way like Rick Pizzo basically humbled himself and helped me, I'll never forget it. And, and I just, I will never, Rick, Rick Pizzo, could, I could, in, in four years, if I ever have to tell Rick Pizzo's story, that's a story that I'll tell. And what I've learned from Rick is he, he's a professional. He's extremely good at his craft. I admire the heck out of him. But, but probably just as importantly, he's, he's willing to help people, and he's, he's just a humble guy. So love working with him. Great, great guy. And, and I, can, I can promise you this. Uh, if somebody ever needs my help in that same situation, I'll do the same thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's it's really cool to see that that show and wrestling get that spotlight. Oh, it's uh, and have so, have somebody like Rick uh, co-host that. He's great. I mean, yeah. Rick is just—he's so talented. He's just so good. I mean, he's just Rick Pizzo. The the P and Pizzo stands for pro. That's that's what he is. He is a pro at what he does, and he's he's great for wrestling. He knows what he's doing. He's prepared, and I just I don't get to spend a ton of time around him. But in the limited time that I do spend around him, he's had a really he's had a really big impact on me. Probably uh, far more than he knows. He's he's yeah. I love working with him. He's he's great. That's great. So this episode is going to release on tu- the Tuesday before the Wisconsin State Wrestling Tournament. Oh, fantastic! So I know you've uh, been involved in the Wisconsin State Wrestling Tournament. Can you talk about uh, the rise in Wisconsin high school wrestling? I feel like over the last few years we've got some high level kids coming out like Keegan O'Toole, uh, Parker Kekheisen. Yeah. Um, can you talk about the rise in Wisconsin wrestling here? Yeah. I mean, I go back to the, the Badger State wrestling days when we, when we launched that in 2007 and I won't remember everybody, but Alex Derringer, Jesse Thilke, Jake Suflone, uh, Devin Peterson was extremely talented. Those Rapids teams were great. Uh, those Wausau West teams were phenomenal. You know, Ryland Lubeck, Russell at Wisconsin. He was on Rapids. He had, uh, man, Wisconsin, uh, yeah, Jackson Hine, Russell at Wisconsin. Uh, Umloff, one of them wrestled at North Dakota State when I think went to Stanford. Uh, you know, they, they were just some really good guys. Really good guys. And I, you know, when I look at, uh, I don't know if I mentioned Deering or, you know, three-time national champ. Um, and, and right now, like, guys, you mentioned Eric Barnett was really good. Keegan O'Toole is fantastic. Keck Heisen's a stud with the Panthers at UNI. I'm, I'm not as involved. I mean, when I ran Badger State Wrestling, I did 
like 99% of the editing. So, I mean, I really, I mean, I really knew Wisconsin wrestling. Um, you know, in all honesty right now, I really don't. I'd be, I'd be lying if I said I did. Um, but uh, I know there's some really talented kids. And uh, that tournament is just a great, it's just a great, uh, you know, great few days to celebrate the sport in Wisconsin. And I just love getting down there and, and as much as anything, just seeing people, you know, just seeing people. Again, it just goes back to, you know, people that I've known for a long time that have helped me or I competed against. You know, it's just, uh, it's a cool thing. You, you know, you get, that, that's the one thing that I've, I wish I would have grasped this a little earlier, but uh, better late than never, I guess, is, and everybody's got their own, you know, belief system on this, own personalities, but I, I think it's a lot of fun to keep in touch with guys I competed against. You know, if you would have told me in 1994 that like I'd be friends with this guy, this guy, and this guy, I might have punched you in the face. Like, are you kidding me? That guy? We hate that guy. We hate, no way am I going to be friends with that guy. And as you get older, it's like, those guys have become some of my best friends. It's it's shocking to me. If you told me like, you're going to hang out with this guy, like, you got like no way, and I wish. Um, I think that's that's something that I'm really. I think it's just a great story. Is uh, when you compete, you tell the line. I want to beat you, like no doubt. I want to beat you, and I want I want your best. I want I'm gonna give you my best. Chips fall where they may. But when it's all said and done, like I want to have a friend for life. That's that's really kind of what I want to do. I want to can never have too many friends. Mm-hmm. I actually, the last guy I wrestled in high school, Cody Endress from Lodi, he was one of my earlier guests on, on the oh, podcast. Nice. So full circle moment there. Yeah, absolutely. It's great. You, you know, yeah. the other cool part too is those guys I mentioned from way back when, if I need something right now, I can call a handful of those guys up and they will be there for me like that. And that is just like, man, that's a cool thing. Cool thing. Yeah. For sure. Um, so do you have some memorable moments from Wisconsin when you were back in, in Wisconsin here for uh, the state wrestling tournament? Any big moments for you that kind of stick out in your head? Man, I, I think you think about probably guys that just win four, mm-hmm. you, you know, those, those, those four timers. I mean, go back to Kevin Black. I think that was 1998. Um, really cool. I mean, that that's one that stands out. I mean, I think the you know, th- those are the ones that stand out guys that win their, their four state title. Uh, getting to, you know, be on the broadcast side of things, you know, in recent memory, I was enjoyed, you know, interviewing those guys and, um, you know, that, that's cool. But I, I gotta be honest, there, there's not a lot of, you know, not a lot of things that really stand out. I mean, there's just, there's so many great, there, there's so many great moments every year and next year there'll be more, you know, it, it's kind of like, it just is what it is. Yeah. Time, you know, just you know, there, I'm sure there's some, you know, I'm trying to think. I mean, I remember, I remember Dallas Herbst mm-hmm. from Winnicott. I mean, he's a kid. I, I remember he was wrestling and I could be wrong on this. I think it was Pat Detmer from Lodi. I could be wrong, but I think both guys were undefeated. And it was like, man, you know, be, you know, is this going to be a tough match for Herbst? And he just went out and just, you know, really dominated. And, and I think that was... You know, that was one of those times where I was like, man, there's levels to this. And, and Herbst was such a hammer, super tall, yeah. half Nelson. I think he's the all-time pins leader at Wisconsin to this day. I think he, he either tied or broke Lee Kemp's record. Dallas Herbst at 6'2", 6'3", 6'4", whatever he was, he put that half Nelson in with that leverage, and he was great on top. He was a grinder. Dallas Herbst was one of my favorite guys to watch wrestle. Yeah, he was he was a hammer. Oh, for sure. he was a beast. He was so tough. Like Dallas Herbst was tough, gritty yep. kind of guy. And uh yeah, he was fun to watch. Absolutely. I, I think about like if you mention a guy, I'd probably be like, Yeah, I remember this guy, I remember that guy. Um the legals from River Valley, you know, it was like every year there was a legal wrestling yeah. first state title. <laughs> uh, and Ralph and that family's fantastic. I know Ralph real well. He's one of the best guys. I he's fantastic. So uh, a lot of great people in this sport. When you you know you ask a question like that, I always just kind of go back to the people relationships, mm-hmm. and it's uh, it's a good time for sure. So how can uh, our listeners find you on on social media and follow along in the Big Ten Network? 
I will have to look this up because I don't even, I should know it offhand and I never do. So on Twitter, I am at Shane Sparks BTN. The the S's are capitalized. I don't know if that matters. At Shane Sparks BTN. I'm on Instagram. See what that is. Instagram is, I got to get better at this stuff. Instagram, Shane underscore Sparks BTN, all lowercase. So, uh, yeah, and then, you know, Big Ten Network, uh, we are at B, that one I know, at B1G Wrestling. And I think we're at, uh, what do we got here? At B1G Wrestling has got, see how many, I think we're at about 55,000 last I checked. At B1G Wrestling. Come on, Shane. Can't can't even spell. At B1G Wrestling. There we are. Coming up on 60,000. So, yeah, they, 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 Big Ten Network's been a game changer. I mean, all the duels they do, the social media emphasis, the Big Ten uh, Wrestling and Beyond, what the Big Ten Network has done for wrestling has changed the game. And uh, it's just been a, it's been a real honor and a, real humbling privilege to, to be a part of it because it's, and I'm proud to say this big 10 network is the major leagues. It's the big leagues. And, uh, I've always said this, you always remember the minor leagues, but once you hit the white baseballs and batting practice, you don't want to go back to the minors. It's <laughs> a great analogy. Um, all right. So I got some rapid fire questions around the state of Wisconsin. I have a couple of questions to wrap us up here quick. So okay. um, three rapid fire questions. First one, um, when you're back in Wisconsin here, what is your favorite restaurant in Wisconsin? Oh man. that is, And I, I'm a foodie. I love, I love restaurants. I love them. Um, there is a place in, in Kohler called uh, the blind horse. The blind horse is fantastic. Ishnala in Wisconsin Dells. I go there once a year. I love going there. There's a there's a little gem in Plymouth, Wisconsin called Sweet Basil. It's a little little hidden gem. I, I mean, I could I could give you Corey. I could give you twenty. I could give you my top. I mean, it's I love I love eating. I mean, those are uh, I love I love good restaurants. There's uh, yeah those those are a few those are a few that. Uh, that stand out. There's a great Italian restaurant in Sheboygan called Lino's. Hmm. Best Italian restaurant I've ever been to. Lino's in Sheboygan. Fantastic place. Awesome. All right. What's your favorite event in Wisconsin? Cheesehead. Probably. Oh. Actually, you know what? I went real quick there. I love the Cheesehead. I love the Cheesehead because I, I had a history with, with that tournament. The state tournament is still state tournaments, probably number one, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, state tournament is number one. And I'll give you another one: the Pulaski Invite. Okay. The Pulaski Invite end of January. That is a phenomenal event. I haven't been to it in years. I will go to it as a fan someday. But Pulaski Invite, the high school band. I don't know if they have the high school band there anymore. And if they don't, it's a giant miss. The Pulaski Band at the Pulaski Invite was the best. Can I go on a quick rant, Corey? Go ahead. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Here's the deal. If you are a, if I coached high school wrestling, which I don't, so I can shoot my mouth off, here's what you need to do. If there's anything you take from me in this podcast, try this. Find the wrestling coach. I am going to be very close with the band director. Everybody in our school is going to know the band and the wrestling team are like this. And here's what we're going to do. We are going to, we want the band at our events. Bands make events. And if you really want to market something, you got to make it an event. The band comes, exposes more people to the sport. Hopefully parents, brothers, and sisters now come to the match Maybe they're watching wrestling someday. Maybe they're inspired to try this new the sport that maybe they haven't been exposed to. Okay? The band has got to be there. We've got to have the band. And then what we're doing as well, as the wrestling team, what are Little Caesars pizzas? Five, six bucks a pop? Mm-hmm. We're going to buy the band pizza a couple times a year. And you know what we're going to do as a team? We're putting our shirts and ties on twice a year, and we're going to the band concerts, and we're supporting them 
at their Christmas concert and spring concert. Everybody in that school knows the band and the wrestling team tight. That's how you, that's if I, in another life, I'm going to coach high school wrestling. And I will promise you the band will be a huge part of what we do. And the, the Pulaski band was a huge part of the Pulaski invite. I don't know if that's the case anymore. The band was fantastic. So, and I really admire, I mean, I love sports, obviously, but uh, I have a great, great admiration for the arts. You know, I mean, kids that are in plays. I mean, everybody's got talents and and uh, it's really important. I think sometimes, uh, you know, those things at times might get lost. You know, support the band, support theater, like support that stuff. So there's my rant, Corey. Get the band at the wrestling match. Get the band at the duels. Get the band there. Let's go. All right. <laughs> last rapid fire question there. Uh, where's your favorite place to hang out in Wisconsin? Oh, man. Oh, that's a, uh, Elkhart Lake. Elkhart Lake, Wisconsin. Right. That is a, uh, I love Elkhart Lake. So a couple of good restaurants in Elkhart Lake as well. And uh, yeah, that's Elkhart Lake is my favorite place for sure. Awesome. All right. Two final questions to wrap us up here. So first question here is how has Wisconsin helped shape you into who you are? Oh, wow. That I could talk three hours on this one. Um, you know, I, I think it's, I think it's just this, the, I think a lot of it's the location of the state Midwest, you know, you work hard. I, I don't think there's a lot of times, a lot of, you know, a lot of, it's not that fancy, right? It's just not that fancy. You work hard. You, uh, the cold, I think the cold does something to you, <laughs> you know, um, I, and I just think it's the people here. And I know people talk about that. Oh, it's the people. It's the people. It's the people. I, I truly believe the people are different here. I, I, I mean, at least in my experiences, they are. I, I've mm -hmm. met so many great people here and um, it's a very passionate state. I mean, you always hear too, like, and I'm not a diehard Packer fan. I like the Packers, but I'm not a diehard Packer fan. And I always love it. Like when somebody wins a Super Bowl, it's like, we got the best fans ever. It's like, there are no fans on this planet like Green Bay Packer fans, period. Wisconsin Badger fans. I mean, look at the Brewers. The Brewers can lose 100 games a year and there's 2 million people at Miller Park. And, I, and, and they've been better lately, the Brewers. The Bucks, look at the Bucks. The Deer District, I mean, how many people? I mean, Wisconsin loves a winner, but they support you through thick and thin. Like, Wisconsin's one of those teams, like, Wisconsin sports fans are, like, this is one thing I love about them. Like, if you're a Wisconsin sports fan, you can say that whatever team sucks, but nobody else better. It's kind of like, I can tell you that, it's like, I'll pick on my little brother, but you better not. Right, I can say something about my brother, but if you say the exact same thing, there's a problem. I can say it, you can't. And I think Wisconsin sports fans are kind of like that too. They're, but but they are passionate, and I think maybe that's rubbed off on me a little bit too because I'm a, I'm a pretty passionate guy. I appreciate passion, and Wisconsin Wisconsin sports fans are passionate. State tournament, 13, 14,000, the Cole Center, whatever that is, that place will be rocking. It'll be that'll be electric. It'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Last question for you, Shane. When all is said and done, what kind of legacy do you want to leave behind? This is real simple. Uh, very simple. I want people to look at me and be like, that's a guy that made me feel good. Like he, he was kind. He was polite. I never want my, my biggest fear would be for somebody to walk, you know, meet me and be like, Oh God, that guy's just arrogance like that is not and hey sometimes I mean the other thing too I meet a lot of people I, I try to give everybody a good experience you know like everybody else sometimes you're you might be in a hurry but I I try to really it's like I said before it could be gone tomorrow so I kind of try to enjoy that I like to think of like a man of the people I like to I like to hang out with people and talk wrestling and debate and you know some people probably think like god he gets really into it. it's like no I just I just like a good debate when it's over it's like you know shake hands and have a beer together. We're, we're, we're good. You know what I mean? So uh, I think it's that simple, Corey. I, I think I want to be a guy that's remembered as being kind, that uh, was was always aware of how blessed he was, 
and passionate. Like, yeah, that guy's passionate. Like, man, he, he really, you can tell that he appreciates what he does. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Well, I can sense, you know, we've been talking for an hour, so I can sense all of that. You're doing a really great job and all the work you're doing to help grow the sport of wrestling is tremendous. So really appreciate everything you're, you're doing, Shane. Well, Corey, I, I really appreciate what you're doing and uh, it's been a lot of fun talking wrestling with you and, and talking life. This is, I love doing this stuff. So thanks for uh, thinking about me and having me on. Absolutely. Anything else you want to add before we sign off here? So this is going to air right before the state tournament. Yep. Tuesday before. I would, I would just tell, tell guys to enjoy it. Like enjoy getting to compete. I think gratitude is a, is a very important thing. And, uh, the other thing I would add is if, if you're a high school and they're, they're younger, you know, they're, you know, 15, heck, maybe some of these kids are 14 to, you know, 18 years old for the most part, but, uh, thank your parents, thank your coaches and, uh, thank people. And this is the other rant I would give Corey. You, you asked, I, there's, I had the band rant. I got one other rant. Okay. One other rant. When you go to the Cole center, pick your stuff up. Okay, when, when you when you have a, a soda, throw it away. Don't, don't make somebody else pick up your garbage. Don't do that. Pick your wrappers up. Like when you sit down in your seat at the Kohl Center, leave it the way you found it. And um, if I did coach high school wrestling, that'd be the other thing I would do. I'd get on the microphone before dual meets and say, hey, listen here. want to thank everybody for coming here. Let's, you know, pick our garbage up so we don't have to you know, pay somebody, you know, instead of paying somebody to clean that all up, maybe you take that money if possible and you, you, you invest it in your program. You got, you got better ways to spend your money than, than paying somebody to clean up other people's things. I hate littering. And uh, sometimes when I do wrestling matches, they'll have stage managers. And uh, there's been times where they've tried to pick up my garbage and I stopped them immediately. And I said, I wrote, listen, I pick up my own garbage. Nobody, nobody picks up my garbage. Nobody. Why should they? And I always mm -hmm. tell them too, if anybody, uh, yeah, I'll leave, I'll leave that rant alone. There's more to that one. Uh, yeah, pick your stuff up. Don't later. It's just, to me, it just goes back to respect. Like nobody needs to pick my garbage up. That's, that's I think that's just a real, I don't like seeing people picking garbage up. It, it actually kind of makes me sick to my stomach because- how can you be how can you be so arrogant enough to think that somebody should be picking your stuff up? Really? If you think that's okay, you got a real problem and probably need a little bit of a self-talk in the mirror. And I'm not perfect. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to be on the soapbox, but that's that's a pretty easy thing to control. Yeah. So hopefully when we go to the Cole Center, it'd be awesome if it was like, yeah, everybody's wow. It'd be great if the Cole Center staff would be like, wow, this was a weird year. Like, why is everything so clean? Clean your stuff up. Clean the locker rooms up. Leave it Leave it better than the way you found it. Final rant, Corey. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I like it. Well, Shane, I really appreciate you taking the time to join Wisco Legacy Day today. It was a lot of fun. It was fantastic, Corey. Thanks again. Look forward to uh, meeting you in person. Come find me at the state tournament. Will do. Thanks, Shane. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Wisco Legacy. If you like this podcast, go check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. We are also on all the podcast platforms. Video portion of this is also on YouTube. Uh, please like, subscribe, rate, and review the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts.